0: Welcome to Open SAP Invites, your invitation to learn with us on the go.
1: Welcome to Open SAP Invites. I'm your host, Elisabeth Riemann. Do you have an innovative business idea you want to develop? Then this episode is for you. I'm talking to Christian Friedel, senior lecturer at the Institute of International Management in Graz, Austria, about entrepreneurship, employee-driven innovations, we want to awake the entrepreneur in you and explain how to learn the skills you need to turn your ideas into reality. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for joining us.
0: Welcome. It's a pleasure.
1: Chris, you're with us here today to talk about the recent bisMOoc course, Entrepreneurship, Employee-Driven Innovations, and your own research work at the University of Applied Sciences in Graz. To begin with though, can you tell us about the bisMOOC Knowledge Alliance itself? Why was it founded and what's been achieved so far?
0: Yes, of course. Uh, bisMOOC was an exciting European-wide knowledge alliance with 11 countries involved. We had a project duration of three years from 2016 to 2018. And we started because we were excited about MOOCs, uh, but yet we didn't understand why they were not used for training or upskilling back then, and yeah, why MOOCs are not used to increase the collaboration between universities and businesses to overcome those challenges. Why do we not jointly offer education and training to fill the so-called skills gap and the need for new ways of equipping the for workforce of tomorrow? Yeah, and uh, many of those skills are found under the umbrella of entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship. The intra stands for employees who are innovating inside their companies. That's why we started BizMOOC, and yeah, it was easy to find allies. We had universities, businesses, small companies, corporates, networks, and the idea also connected well to the European agenda. That's why I submitted the project to an open call of a funding program. And fortunately, we got selected, and that's how it started.
1: That's amazing. Really excellent. And has your role with the BizMOOC Knowledge Alliance changed over time?
0: Um, I mean, the the collaboration went really well, but it was also challenging for one reason, because we had a diverse set of partners, universities and businesses, and they work really different. And this was a challenge, but at the end of the day, this was also maybe the most enriching element because we could learn from both sides, different speed and things like that. So at the end of the day, that was um, something which changed significantly throughout the project duration, but only for the good.
1: Mm-hmm. Chris, you describe yourself as an entrepreneur. Do you think there could be an entrepreneur in all of us?
0: I think so. and um, I think when you compare an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur, I think there are many overlappings, but also differences. Of course, both types of people are um, innovative, but it is at least some um, studies say that and it's maybe a bit stereotyped, but <laughs> it is said that entrepreneurs um, prefer a more Convenient um, or most secure working environment, um, and uh, not such risk takers. But I think it's highly depends on the on the situation, and also this can change throughout time. So I think sometimes you carry more the entrepreneur in you. Sometimes you're more the entrepreneur.
1: That's really interesting to inspire us and our own imagination. Then, as potential entrepreneurs, what are some of your favorite examples of employee innovations that you've come across so far?
0: I mean, there's a really long list and we actually have collected more than 120 or more than 120 different examples in the MOOC. There are these major classic examples like 3M with the Post-it Note or Sony PlayStation. We have this in the the course teaser. Um, Or Google with Gmail, the Facebook like button or also SAP. You have the One Billion Lives initiative or OpenSAP itself. Um, but there are also nice little stories like in, in Starbucks in 2011, a smart barista started to write the names on the, of the customers on their cups. And months later, this idea became, um, true and became a standard in every store. Uh, one learner, the the teacher, um, of the MOOC shared this story. Or or in Germany, there is, there was a guy in the, in the nineties. I think it was Robert Amlung or something. Um, he was working at the largest public. German television station ARD and he actually recognized already in the 90s the potential of the internet for for streaming of TV shows and having an online library on demand. And yeah, he was the first one, and he, he did one actually in his free time. And only many years later, the company decision makers were convinced as well. And yeah, look at the streaming market and business nowadays. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's incredible. From humble beginnings, things take time to develop, but then they really come to fruition. Exactly. There's some really fascinating examples. So, Chris, let's now talk a little bit more about the course itself, Entrepreneurship Employee-Driven Innovations. What are some of your personal highlights from this course?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of highlights, um, it's very hard to elicit one particular because honestly, everything was just really an amazing experience for me. It started with the collaboration with the great guys from OpenSAP. that was really so professional, and is, but still working as with friends and allies. Uh, and then the course itself, the learners. Uh, I mean, my my boldest expectations have been surpassed. Sort of so many people. I think in the meanwhile, more than five thousand people have enrolled for the course. There's more people that I will probably work with in my entire university career in <laughs> one course. <laughs> but but the numbers are only one thing. So. All the great ideas and inputs which have been shared, uh, impressive experiences. There was so much mutual reinforcement between the learners. So many new connections have been made. That was so encouraging. I really got the feeling that we have created our own digital ecosystem and knowledge hub to to the topic of entrepreneurship with this course. So I think, yeah, everything together, this was my highlight. Uh And uh, in terms of content, we started out pretty basic, but just elaborating on what entrepreneurship actually is, what are the benefits for the employer, the benefits for the employees, what are the pitfalls. Uh, We did a lot about stakeholder management because very often it is not only the idea which counts, it is also how you are able to successfully channel this throughout the company. Um, And then we also created our own ideas and shared them, discussed them, further developed them. Um, so it was, yeah, super interesting to see. And I was, as I told you, blown away by the, um, by all that inspiration and, and, and feedback which came from, from that massive amount of people.
1: Uh I can really feel the energy and I think the fact that so many people enrolled in the course just really speaks for the content and how it resonates there's so much potential obviously in every single person everyone has really good ideas and being taught how to channel that enthusiasm and know what to do next it's just brilliant guidance so that's fantastic um you talked a little bit just now about the role of big companies but why is entrepreneurship within big companies so critical
0: um yeah I mean it's uh established companies struggle to survive in in this disruptive uncertain economic world in times like these even more and the concept of entrepreneurship this is as I said when when employees start to innovate within their companies instead of leaving it um leaving them entrepreneurship is recognized as a promising, promising approach to to mitigate these challenges and yeah, companies can nurture their talents. they can avoid brain train. they can establish new revenue streams, motivate their workforce, increase employee satisfaction, they can attract new talents, uh, employer branding, and so on. And of course, the innovative. So there are a lot of benefits. On the other hand, I think it's easier said than being done. Companies oper- operate under a lot of pressure. Very often, there's no time or room or flexibility available. But all that is needed for, for entrepreneurship to bloom. So, organizational, cultural stuff, and very often it is not ready for this. Uh, there is a so called like silo, silo mentality, which is preventing uh, cross organizational collaboration and so on. But all that is needed. Um, so, it's important to foster that.
1: Uh-huh. And is it usual then within companies that there's a dedicated department that looks at employee innovations that supports entrepreneurship, or what's the usual setup?
0: Not so much. I mean, a lot of examples we shared in the course. There were those typical bottom-up, unstructured, undercover projects becoming successful in the end. But you only hear about the successful ones. So there, are, mm-hmm. I don't, <laughs> I don't know the number how many are not successful. Fortunately, in some forward-thinking companies, there are already established procedures, um, like you said, uh, dedicated uh, units, which are nurturing, which are there to support entrepreneurs. Because that's what you need. You need to nurture them from top down, but also bottom up. So you need to encourage learning from failure, flat hierarchies, uh, self-responsibility, transparency, recognition, incentives. For example, it can start with an award, uh, but it can also be something like, yeah, we we had done a voluntary training option. Um, So it's very important that we have this from top down and bottom up. um, That this is happening, and there are some really famous companies like 3M, also SAP has their entrepreneurship uh, center. Um, but in my regards, there are many companies which are not taking that topic seriously enough and I think it can be a real game changer, especially in current times.
1: Uh huh. I guess it's uncovered value. If they're not tapping into that potential, then it's a risk for them.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That's mm-hmm.
1: fascinating. In a self test at the beginning of the course learners can find out if they are entrepreneurs. Can you tell us a little bit about this self test and how it works?
0: Mhm. Uh yeah, um we had a discussion uh in um, in a previous iteration of the course and people yeah discussed whether they're more entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs. So we we analyzed different studies and came across some stereotypes, of course, but Uh we we just drafted out of that a little questionnaire um, just to stimulate the discussion because you, of course, then get a result, okay, on a scale from minus seven to plus seven, you end up with a score of plus three towards entrepreneurship, where, for example, minus seven is an entrepreneur. Um, So people came back with the result to the the course and just uh, shared if they're Yeah, satisfied with that, if they agree or not agree, uh, we just use it as a stimulation. And it was super interesting. We also analyzed uh, the results. Uh, I think more than 1,000 submissions have been Mm -hmm. taken of that um, survey. And the group score or the group mean was somewhat like plus three towards entrepreneurship. But we also had high-level entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in the course, meaning they either had a score of maximum um, minus seven or plus seven. So... The majority was rather in between on the verge between entrepreneurship, but also the extremes were there. Um, But many learners then mentioned, and I fully agree with that, that this choice is highly influenced by situational factors, the the specific context, or this might, of course, also change over time as well. And many many of us and the learners would like to combine the benefits of of both concepts to be in the, the comfortable situation to innovate. But within a secure environment.
1: Mhm, makes sense. I think that sounds to be key as well. And Chris, the feedback that you collected at the beginning in the self-test—did that confirm your expectations, or what were you expecting?
0: Um, yes, I expected somewhat like that. But as every experiment, it's uh, it's an op- it's open what 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 the result will be. Um, but of course, if you label a training entrepreneurship training, uh, you can expect that's more likely entrepreneurs will show up but we also had a lot of people from top management who just wanted to explore the topic and see uh if this is a concept which could be interesting for their company as well
1: uh-huh. very good and some of your research focuses on learners intentions when they enroll in bizmoocs like this can you tell us some more about your research
0: yes with pleasure um As I told you, I I read an early version of this entrepreneurship MOOC already in 2018, and I was blown away by the number of learners and especially by the number of ideas and inputs they created and by the engagement of learners. And I asked myself the question, was that now just entertainment? Like, yeah, some Mm -hmm. fun activity and then that's it? Or is there really more happening in such a MOOC? Because looking at the numbers, this is impressive and can we use such courses as a massive, scalable, effective stimulation tool to nurture and upskill entrepreneurs? I think this is a relevant question, especially in times like this. And that's why I decided to devote more research on this and I developed an instrument to measure the entrepreneurial intentions of learners. Um, my theory is embedded in the so-called theory of plant behavior, um, according to the theory Intentions are robust predictors of behavior, and the intentions themselves are influenced by the attitude of the person towards the behavior. So whether they think it's relevant, it's necessary, it's valuable, it's enjoyable to be an entrepreneur, but also the social environment they operate in. And this is very relevant in entrepreneurship. Uh, just think of of your boss or of a boss or the supervisor, the, the organizational culture, your colleagues. They pretty likely influence you whether you are becoming an entrepreneur or not. And then also the third element is the so-called perceived behavior control, which is the trust in, in your own ability that you are actually able to do this and how much you can actually control of that. So this is the, the framework and I ran different pretests, did an explanatory and confirmatory effect analysis on different samples. And then I had a final instrument, which I implemented in this MOOC at the beginning of the course and at the end, to, to measure whether there are differences within the model, if there are more differences on the intentions or, I don't know, on the attitudes or in other aspects.
1: Uh-huh. That's really interesting. And Chris, when did you start looking at the theory of planned behavior?
0: Um, I was discussing this lengthily with, with other scholars and experts, and we had a long discussion whether we should look for competences uh, or more for intentions. and we. Best- stuck with intentions because um, competencies are hard to quantify and measure at the end of the day it's also very hard to do that already in a face-to-face training because it also it's not only involving um, knowledge it's also about um, yeah uh, ability to do something so how can you control that actually um, in a MOOC mm-hmm. and uh, intentions as uh, robust predictors of behavior they are very likely to be able to be changed on a short-term intervention such as a MOOC. So it will be interesting to look at that. And um uh, I'm also trying to get some follow-up interviews to look into the change in behavior at the later stage of time as well. So I think it's a very interesting model to look at um or to measure the impact of such an intervention. That's why we decided to go with the intentions and not with outcomes or something, which is long-term um effect.
1: Uh-huh. Really interesting insights. Chris, what are the timelines for your current research?
0: Um, Yeah, I'm just analyzing the results. I have already some, if you would like to know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's heading in that direction, (laughs) but didn't want to put too much pressure on you right now. Um, But seriously, if you have insights that you could share with us right now, I know I would really love to hear those. And I think for our learners who provided feedback, that would also be really, really interesting. So go ahead if you can. Of course,
0: uh I, I can present what I have so far. Um of course everything is preliminary. Um I'm going to present them online at the ISPIN conference, conference in June. So I'm just in the stage of preparing everything. Um and I have already some insights. It's not the final final research to be published, but I already have some interesting things. Uh the first thing was um the results so far confirm the model assumptions. So you can see some changes. Um happening. And the largest impact has been made on this item, which I explained, uh, the perceived uh, behavior control. There's a significant increase of 28%. Uh, and here, especially on skills and knowledge, which is not so much of a surprise because, of course, we, we nurture um, skills and knowledge with the course. However, there has have also been entrepreneurship trainings where the opposite effect has been observed, meaning the more people or the more that people learn about the uh, potential obstacles and barriers they might face, the less confident they feel they're able, they are able to do this. So this positive result is really encouraging in, in the course of our MOOC. Um, second, there was also an increase in intentions and attitudes. But what was interesting here is that both constructs were already far above average at core start. And also larger than in the pretest and other studies which used similar items in an offline setting, in a not in a training setting, can be explained because of course when you offer a voluntary training on entrepreneurship, people will sign up for the course uh, that are interested in the topic. But but this leads to another interesting finding: the MOOC could not only be a massive training instrument but also a massive pre-selection instrument because there are so many studies um, failing or trying to implement measures how to identify entrepreneurs up front to find mm-hmm. the ones with potential and it's so hard to predict and there are stories of i don't know managers with mbas who, who yeah they were thought to be they're they going to be the game changers um, but the the They didn't because they didn't have the intentions to do so. They had a safe job and family or something (laughs) at at their stage of career, so they weren't interested in that. Um, But then there was an R&D guy or an engineer who was short before retiring with no history in innovation, and he got switched on by such a training. So it's very hard to predict, but in a MOOC, you can offer this uh, large bottom-up to everyone, basically. It's scalable, so it doesn't matter, uh, with low entry barriers. And the selection is done by the learners themselves. Those are interested, stay on board. The training can then be done in one process step. And I think it sounds very convenient, especially for large companies.
1: Yeah, that's really good. And I think it's so motivating for the learners, too, to know what a big role they play there.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There was one more finding, if there's time, I don't know. Um, because uh, I think it's also quite interesting. Um, the only change, or, or in the only element of the model where no change was observed was in the subjective norms in the social environment. Uh, this is also, yeah, sounds reasonable because uh, the environment is considered to be more stable, not as dynamic as intentions, or it's not expected to change significantly over six weeks only. Um, but there was one exception. There was an increase in items where people have been asked whether their uh, colleagues or their other departments in the company um, are entrepreneuring already. And this was significant higher at course And And one possible explanation I'm currently exploring is that um, learners could have a different understanding of what entrepreneurship actually is after taking the course. When you look at the discussions in the forum, also, their learners stated that they have not been aware of the concept of entrepreneurship before, but now learning about it, uh, they either themselves or their co-workers have already carried out such activities without knowing the concept. So they get more confident also that they can do that. They have done this already. This is nothing um, super abstract. Um, and I think this is also interesting. And yeah, there are many more things I'm currently exploring. And uh, yeah, I hope I can zoom publish the whole study, and I will let you know, of course, and and share it with everyone. Yeah,
1: please do. I think there's a lot more that we can learn and uncover there, too. It's really good. Thanks for sharing that with us now. Of course. Chris, I think you've really awakened potential entrepreneurs in all of us today. So how can we find out more about BizMOOC, and how can we channel our newfound enthusiasm and the ideas that we have?
0: Um, Yeah, first of all, we have this follow-up project called Coreship. it's just running and we um the thing was with BizMOOC, uh when it came to an end the project lifetime uh of course we wanted to carry on and we carried on with BizMOOC as well as you could see with the entrepreneurship MOOC, but the the team wanted to do something new and and go one step further so we drafted a new um project initiative or idea which is called coreship short for corporate entrepreneurship and this time we are more focusing on co-innovation which is currently a, a hot topic and uh this time we not all, we're not only offering moocs we're doing that as well but we are also offering a micro credential on the topic and then we are developing a toolbox to um translate between the different players because we are speaking here of co-innovation between established players from corporates, universities, uh, small and medium sized companies, networks with young, fresh, innovative startups. Because it's a super hot topic currently. It's done already, but it's done with a lot of misunderstandings and easy mistakes, which could be avoided if, yeah, if done right. So that's why we currently have a MOOC on that topic running in the CoreShip project. And it's also going really well. It's a super vibrant community. Um, I can send you the registration link and contact details. Uh, Just have a look. It's also a MOOC, so it's for free. And uh, if you're interested in exchanging anything else, just get in touch. We are super happy always to explore your things.
1: Yeah, we'll include all these infos on the episode page together with the podcast.
0: Super. I can send you all the links.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. Chris, thank you. I feel totally energized and inspired, and I really feel your enthusiasm. It's totally infectious. (laughs) <laughs> above all I th- and i think most importantly i think you've given our listeners renewed confidence to pursue their own ideas to think big and i guess we should watch this space because i'm sure there's much more to come and we'd love to have you back on open sap invites
0: i'm more than happy to do this and yeah thanks a lot for having me and yeah i'm super happy if i could um yeah motivate someone
1: <laughs> absolutely thank you chris now for Open SAP news and reviews. So what's new? In April, SAP launched a new digital learning initiative in response to the coronavirus crisis. Despite the restrictions, we want digital learning to be available to everyone. So whether you're a pupil, teacher, or a student of lifelong learning, you'll find easy access on Open SAP to some really great content. So check it out. Also, since early May, we have a brand new SAP S4HANA microlearning offering for you. So you don't miss any important content. We've organized the content in playlists. And for fans of podcasts likes, like you and me, we've revamped this section completely and we've added some really fabulous new series. Go check them out. And also don't miss out on the new section on OpenSAP to get a full overview of all our new and upcoming courses. There's too many to mention here. Now to the reviews. In April, we celebrated seven years of OpenSAP, yes, seven, and five years of OpenSAP podcasts. A massive, massive thank you to you, our learners. Without you, none of this will be possible. Also, we have a reminder for you. Please do not forget, we've unlocked our self-paced courses from 2019 and 2020 for you until June 30th this year. This means you have until June 30th to complete the weekly assignments and your final exam to earn your digital badge and record of achievement. Please do not miss out on this opportunity. You've been listening to Open SAP Invites with Christian Friedel. Don't miss your next invite. Subscribe now.